cum clamarem ad Domnum exaudivit vocem meam. When I cried to the Lord, he heard my voice. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The little man who occupies the central place in today's Mass is very dear to the children of St. Benedict. And this because he appears at the very summit of the Twelve Degrees of Humility in Chapter 7 of the Holy Rule. St. Benedict proposes the publican, broken as he is, and utterly humbled to the ground as the model, yes, the model of monastic prayer. St. Benedict would have the monk say always in his heart what the publican in the gospel said with his eyes fixed on the earth, Lord, I, a sinner, am not worthy to raise mine eyes to heaven. O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The Pharisee, on the other hand, is the complete antithesis of Benedictine holiness. He is puffed up by his own excellence, bursting with his own virtues, harsh and judgmental in his view of others, and so absorbed, so fascinated by the edifying image that he presents to himself, that his prayer, such as it is, closes him off from God. Just yesterday I was reading in the sayings of the Desert Fathers the story of a zealous young monk who went to his elder and said, Abba, I live day in and day out with Father X. And I've noticed all his faults. And with this, the young zealous monk began to set forth a veritable catalogue of the faults of Father X. And the elder listened, and then said to the young monk, Oh, do you see that? wisp of straw there on the ground. Oh yes, Abba, pick it up for a moment. The young monk picked up the wisp of straw, and the elder said, now hold it up to the light. And the wisp of the straw was translucent. And then the elder said, look up. Do you see the beam that supports the roof of this house? Ah, oh, yes, Abba, I see the beam that supports the roof of this house. Look again, said the elder, at the wisp of straw. 
very nearly transparent to the light. And then the elder said, The sins of Father X are the wisp of translucent straw. And yours, young man, are like the great beam that supports the roof of this house. Or well, with that, the young monk was left altogether speechless. The proper parts of today's Mass are all related to the figure of the humble publican. To whom does the voice of the introit belong? Did you ask yourself that question as you sang the introit or as you listened to it? Who, in fact, is speaking in this introit? The voice of the introit belongs to the publican. When I cried to the Lord, he heard my voice from them that draw near to me, and he humbled them, who is before all ages and remains forever. And then we have, I find this very touching, a spiritual counsel from the publican. Cast thy care upon the Lord, he says, and he shall sustain thee. The voice of the publican speaking out of his own experience. And the intro it went on in the verse of the psalm to develop in some way the prayer of the publican. Hear, O God, my prayer, and despise not my supplication. Be attentive to me and hear me. It's striking, isn't it, that the publican says, despise not my supplication, be attentive to me and hear me, while the Pharisee, upon opening his mouth, was utterly certain that he had God's full and undivided attention. How could God not be mesmerized by a man so virtuous, so excellent, so outstanding in his observance of the law? Not so the publican, despise not my supplication. The collect tells us that the surpassing manifestation of the power of God is his mercy and pity. Not the creation of the earth and all it holds, not the creation of the oceans, not the creation of the sun, the moon, and the stars, not even the great signs and wonders recounted in salvation history, the Mirabilia Dei. God reveals his power when he stoops low to the poor sinner who cries out to him. God reveals his power in the words of absolution. The mercy of God is irresistibly drawn 
to our misery, not to our virtues. You can put them away. Not to our excellences, not to our feats of ascetical prowess, not to our strengths, but to our misery. Coniam in eternum misericordia eus. The manifestations of the Holy Ghost and the body of Christ, the Church, are altogether empty in the absence of humility of heart. The broken heart is open to the love of God, which in the face of every brokenness presents itself as mercy. The self-sufficient heart grows bloated and then hard. In such a heart, even the most dazzling gifts and charisms and ministries become sterile. The gradual gives us more of the prayer of the publican. What does he say? Protect me, O Lord, as thou wouldst the apple of thine own eye. Hide me under the shelter of thy wings. Let my judgment come forth from thy countenance, unerring the scrutiny of thy eyes. And the Alleluia verse today sings in the most jubilant upper reaches of the seventh mode. The temple wherein the prayer of the publican resounded. The prayer of the publican is assimilated in the Alleluia verse, is assimilated to the hymns and sacrificial offerings of the liturgy of the temple. Now, is that not astonishing? His prayer, uttered from a broken heart and rising from one who would not so much as lift up his eyes, penetrates even into the Holy of Holies. And I said, resounds. You might counter that with, but, but didn't he say it quietly and humbly? Indeed he did, but only the prayer uttered quietly and humbly by one who is broken at heart finds resonance in the Holy of Holies. The Offertory Antiphon today, you will be familiar with it because it is the very text that we sing on the first Sunday of Advent from Psalm 24. The Offertory Antiphon continues to reveal to us all that is unsaid in the very condensed, distilled version of the publican's prayer is given in the Gospel. 
To thee, O Lord, have I lifted up my soul. In thee, O my God, I put my trust. Let me not be ashamed, neither let my enemies laugh at me. For none of them that wait on thee shall be confounded. And what about the communion antiphon today? The communion antiphon taken from the great psalm of penitence and spiritual resurrection, Psalm 50, that we monks pray very nearly every morning at Lord's, the communion antiphon gives assurance to all who come to worship in the temple with hearts broken and laid low. Thou wilt accept the sacrifice of justice, oblations, and holocausts upon thine altar, O Lord. And this evening, at the high point of the Sacrificium Vespertinum at the Magnificat, the canticle of the humility of the Mother of God, we shall take up again the conclusion of the Gospel. It's a marvelous thing, this juxtaposition of the antiphon from the Gospel with the canticle of the humility of the Mother of God. This man, we shall sing, went down into his house justified rather than the other, because every one that exalted himself shall be humbled, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Let us then flee from all that shines and glitters, and dazzles, and contemplates itself in the mirrors of vain glory. Let us rather be the little friends of the publican, and the little children of the Most Holy Virgin, content to bow low in the presence of God, to offer him out of the depths of our infirmity, poverty, and utter brokenness, the prayer that he ever finds irresistible. O oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.